Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, Wells Fargo Championship Picks, Bets, Preview, playing the Listener's League. That is down in the description, 3,500 spots this week. Probably roll it back with 3,500 next week, and then we're going to try to max it out once again for the PGA Championship in, I guess it would be technically two weeks' time when it starts, but three tournaments from now is the year's second major is coming up, which means you need to get your hands on fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that 20% off because you're going to want the stats. You're going to want the tools, the lineup generator, the ownership projections. You're making head-to-head bets. We'll use the head-to-head simulators. Easy stuff, all right? FantasyNational.com. Smash the like and sub to the channel. Well, you are here. Jeff Feinberg on the line with me. It's been two weeks. I feel refreshed. I feel like I want to hit some winners. What about you? Yeah, I'm a little, like, bummed out on this Monday morning, but I'm happy to see your face, Pat. A lot has changed, I think, in the golf world since we've gone away, and most notably, it's the return of Spencer Levin. Is he still smoking cigs? I believe so. He's still smoking cigs. He's still got, like, a weird twitch on the course, but fuck yeah. The guy's, like, almost on the precipice of a real tour card again. I saw he won a Corn Ferry event. Did anything else happen with him? Yeah, I think he contended again on the week uh, in the next Corn Ferry event, but I actually have no clue how that turned out. To be perfectly honest, but I would say that just you know, that, uh, that was the notable, the notable thing I would say in the world of golf. I, Other I, than uh, Gooch's double. Well, I mean, I saw Cust say that uh, Gooch's double, the the Adelaide Singapore double on live, should exempt him into all majors. I, I don't think people were on board with that. I, no one really even took the bait on that one. Yeah, it just sort of stood there. I don't I don't know how you – I think it, they'll find a way to reward, you know, the top guys there, I think, over time. Um, he seems to be playing out, outstanding golf, so credit to Taylor Gooch. I, it's still hard to know how to quantify it, and uh, we'll see him again in a couple weeks. Are we, are we going to see him again in a couple weeks? Is he in the PGA Championship? Yeah, he's in the PGA Championship. All right. Good. Book slashed his odds from 150 to like 55, Pat. Well, I mean, the guy can't lose. I get it. Are you going to bet him? No. No. (laughs) No. I suppose. I don't even think I'd bet the 150 if I still had access to it. Yeah, I guess that's probably the case. I won money in Mexico. That was fun. Akshay, top five. Here we go. Coming back. I just I, I started my card at 66 if people watched last Wednesday's show. It was nice just, you know, it's not a huge win by any means, but nice to get into each way, nice to get some positive numbers on the board. You know, I feel like I want to try to build some momentum here. And when I looked at the board this week, I, I might have to adjust my strategy just a little bit. But did you watch much of Mexico? Because I, I was pretty enthralled by it. I watched a lot of Saturday and Sunday, watched practically none of Thursday and Friday. And I would say the people that cash the full placings on Ashke, um, that probably paid as much or more than the Finau hit if you had outright. I mean, obviously your stakes probably would have been different, but yeah, that that's the number. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like the the top five paid twenty five to one 
because uh, he ended up with a full each week because that ended up being a sweat by the end of it. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. The day started off so nicely. I was like, maybe Carson Young can find his way. He's only three shots back of fifth. And he started off like birdie, birdie on where he went birdie, power birdie. I was like, okay, he's a shot back of fifth. That would have been huge for me if somehow he could have snuck into the top five as well because he was 350 to one going off. So his each way was uh, like 75 or something like that. So that would have been very nice. But I, I was just, I wanted to see what happened with uh, Batia in the grouping with Rom and with Finau. How would he hold up? And he did pretty well. I watched the first, like, uh, I watched the first eight holes. And then after the eighth hole, I turned it off to, like, 15. Because once Finau saved himself after a terrible bunker shot, not great out of the bunker yet, saved himself every time. As soon as he made it from just off the green, I was like, well, this is over. We died. Either Rom is going to catch fire and beat him, or Finau is going to run away with it. There's basically no chance for anyone else to compete here. And Brandon Wu was in the middle of the heater, but we knew that was going away. I think he had just made double at 10, so that was kind of the end of him. But... Finau keeps piling up. You always talk about Vic by a field goal. Finau has four wins in the past nine months. And I think the average winning score is like three and a half strokes. Yeah, that's amazing. Love Finau. The problem is he's sort of become this guy that dominates these quasi subfield events. um, Right. And I'm not like just off the top of my head. It was it was. Um, did, the 3M, and did, then what else did it, he do? The Fortnite? What was it? No, it was Minneapolis and Detroit, and then it was Houston yeah. in the swing season. Now it's Mexico. So I agree with you. He is. But yeah. I love it. But the Vic, you should see how horrible the numbers they give me on Vic by a field goal when he's 30 to 1. So Fino by a field goal when he's like, let's say on average 14, 12 to 1. I don't know that there's anything there. To your point, it was incredible. Um, last year, his loss to Rom here, as I think Rick Gaiman and Justin Ray like pointed out the morning after, would have won ninety nine percent of PGA Tour events in the last twenty years. Like those ball striking numbers he did here last year would have won. And to your point on the bunker shot, Pat, even from some, I don't want to really call anything a tight lie in Mexico, but there were some insane chips on Saturday. There was this chip, it might have even been on a par five, I'm not sure, but he was well below the green um, in like a a tightly mown area, and his direct path to the pin was through a sprinkler head. And he just like played this little low buzzing cut that stopped a foot beside the pin, almost went in. Incredible what he is um, up to, and he's one of the few guys I'd argue could handle 7,400 Yard seven, uh, par 70 on a wet course in a few weeks because um, probably only about 15 guys who can do that. I would say so, too, but I think it is pretty striking that the only like legitimate big win that he has was that first playoff event when Cam Smith hooked it out of bounds on the first playoff hole, and he just, you know, he goes seven iron down the fairway. It didn't matter at that point that he was going to end up with that win at the the hell was it? St. Jude? Northern Trust? North Northern Trust. Yeah, Yeah, but we hit the, and you always called that. That big Fino first win will be like since he hit that one, and you always said, No, we can't bet Fino at these short numbers because when it clicks, it's going to click in like full field. And that was a 66. That was gorgeous. But yeah, since then, he's been a muck, muck, chalk winner. Hopefully, he can cash uh, some PGA futures in a couple. 
Now, I don't know about that because I'm probably not going to have any money on Tony Finau to win the PGA Championship. I have started to do my Oak Hill research. My column for this week should be up on DK Nation whenever. I submitted it yesterday. I thought it was going to be up yesterday, but it's still not out yet as I go through it. Uh, you say that uh, Rick and Justin Ray pointed out that Finau had the numbers a year ago to win basically any other tournament if John Rahm had not have won. I vividly recall having Kurt Kitayama, who tied with Tony Finau at a gigantic number. And he also came in second, which it's funny that, you know, we're here a year later and we see these top finishes from Kitayama. It's like, I don't know, a second here, a second there, a third there. And he finally breaks through for the win. He is one of the few players right now, because I was just kind of looking like, you know, game log watching what he's up to. He's either like miscut or top five. It's kind of crazy. He's also one of the few players who is in a tier, but you can still get him at respectable numbers. Like, not to jump ahead this week. He's like double Wyndham Clark's number, Pat. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. He is, yeah. And that's in, You're right. That's insane. And I remember at RBC Heritage, I made a bet for you on him at a ridiculous number. So, I mean, I, I don't not, not want to change the subject, but it does seem like our legs are getting cut out from him, and even the guys who can't win – are having um, their numbers cut, but he seems to be a guy the books aren't afraid to still post numbers with bad players on. I, I do want to talk about Patia for a minute. He's having, I, I think that, I, I don't know what he needs to do to qualify for his tour card as of right now. Is it one of those things where he has to win where he doesn't get it? Or can he play him play himself into a tour card at some point? Because I think he'd be like 70th in the FedEx Cup standings. So is he now, okay, I understand he got the temporary exemption. He's had some nice little Puerto Rico finish, and and now this one. He's not getting those points? He Well, he gets the points, but he's not. he doesn't have his tour card, so they don't count. Remember the year that happened to Zalatoris? Because yeah. Zalatoris didn't get the win, but he was like 10th in the FedEx Cup standings or something. It's really yeah. stupid. So <laughs> this is bullshit. Oh, damn it. Because in my head yesterday, I'm like watching between these two events i know puerto rico subfield and i know this is a weak field but between those those two finishes that's like enough to almost guarantee him in the fedex cup and now to yeah i guess i didn't connect that dot with the temporary with the temporary bullshit that that's too bad he's fun he's likable um i don't know maybe it's just because we see so much of like the same and i don't want people to misconstrue this but we see so much of the same watching golf historically. That's maybe why we take um, a liking to, you know, a Sahith. And, and now Ashke, I think, gets to join that trajectory in, in some regard. Well, Ashke is fun because, uh, or Akshay, sorry, is fun because they oh. were even commenting on it too. Like, John Rom's thigh might be thicker than his waist. He's so, he wears like skinny jeans on the course. He just has, I was like, it looks like he has Tom Kite glasses on when he's playing, too. Like he just He's just a, a whole character unto himself. Like he's 21 years old, decided, like, yeah, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to finish high school and immediately turn pro. Just, like, the ultimate bet on yourself. I know he got the win on the Corn Ferry last year. Like, he's going to be really good. You can see it. And just being a lefty, too, makes him so much more distinct than a lot of other people. So an interesting path, no doubt. And I remember, I believe it was whatever they called the Valspar in, like, 20 like four or five years ago. Uh, maybe it was the Valspar, but um, I remember when he made that debut, we were doing a podcast. I mean, that was a guy he'd come up a bit and you're right. He's still such a baby. He didn't go to college. He took his lumps. The talent, the talent is there. He, 
you know, and the evergreen joke of if, you know, goes to the open championship, how he'll like blow away, like we'd say with Zalatoris. Um, and you want to talk about a swag? I mean, yeah, he's rocking. He can, he's like that tall, slender frame where he can rock those joggers. And I'm kind of jealous of it because I wish I was skinny enough to rock joggers on a golf course. He won on the Corn Ferry with some like Instagram girl he met <laughs> as his caddy. He's great. Okay, that's like a swag daddy move. Um, like, yeah, he like DM'd her, come meet me here. And like two weeks later, she's caddying for him at the Great Exuma and he wins. That was that. It was what it was called. The Great Exuma. Where was that anyway? One of the islands. That's why we liked him in Puerto Rico. That's why there was the Paspalum vibe. I and mean, this seems to be his thing. He also, Pat, I, I caught this on the broadcast. Him, Harry Hill gave him. Um, Harry Hall. Harry Hall convinced him to change to do the um, like aim point putting. And he hit more long distance putts this week than he had for the entire season. And he was putting quite beautifully. That being said, as we all know, when we love to bet on our, our team, no putts, there were still a couple four or five footers that didn't even like touch the hole over the weekend for him. Yeah. I, I can't, process. I can't, kill, I can't kill him for that. He gained over five strokes for the week. Like if everyone's hitting 30 footers. Yeah, like everyone is going to miss a five-footer here and there, except Fina, who I think made every single one of them all week. Uh, and even Rom, like, through the course of, like, the first round. And even on Sunday, like, Rom, Rom won with a C-minus effort last week, and he won with a – he came second – or did he come second or third? Wherever the hell he came. He came second this one. Week. Where did he – Yeah, he had a C-minus effort again, but he had – that was – Basically, oh, last three, year, three D minus performances and one A plus performance as the part of his four rounds this week. Like I, I give him and I, this is what I actually want to talk about. I give him a lot of credit for coming to this and defending his title. And uh, I think that it was Tambo and I talked about it on last week's Wednesday show, because obviously you and I didn't do a show for the Mexico because the Custies came out last Monday. So congratulations again on not being the most insane person of the year. Spoiler alert on the Custies. Go download that and check it out right now. It's two hours of laughs. If you need some time to kill, go check out the Custies. But I, I think it's more fun that Rom went to Mexico to go defend his title than show up this week at the Wells Fargo. I, I, I wrote about it, and obviously no one has read it because the column is not out yet, but I touched on it on the research show a little bit. There's too many elevated events. There's too many of them. They're losing their luster already. That seems like the case. Uh, and it's a work in progress, though. I mean, even Tiger saying he needs Riviera to be no cut or to have a cut. Like, that just made me so happy. And, you know, Tiger, like what Tiger does, people will follow. So hopefully the other ones will would want that. But, yeah, it seems like it's a work in progress. They threw spaghetti at the wall. Let's just make a lot of money, guaranteed money, and let's do it. Even something that came out a couple or last week or a couple weeks ago, Pat, um, was that there's a $500,000 like down payment guarantee, downside guarantee for anyone who plays 15 events. Like they're just, they are just taking care of everybody right well, that, now with a tour card. And, and that's great. That's awesome. I, I think that they should be filtering the money back in, but you know, instead of having 
13 $20 million prize pools throughout the course of the year. Like, maybe juice up Mexico a little bit. Maybe juice up the Honda a little bit. And we're just getting to a stretch now where these are just going to be watered down, as weird as that sounds, even though we're we're already seeing some of the top guys starting to take a little bit of a pause. Rory already cost himself $3 million in pit money by skipping his second one by not going to the Heritage. But just think about the schedule. So we have an elevated event this week. Next week is Byron Nelson, and we're going to get some – any week – a tournament is before a major. There's just a collection of players, good and bad. doesn't matter who you are who like to play a week before a major. So we're not going to have absolute scrubs next week in Dallas. Like, Scotty's pro- Scotty is probably skipping this event so we could play next week in Texas at the Byron Nelson. That- Spieth is probably going to play. Cage Lee's going to win. We know how it's going to go. But it's funny to see people skip on the elevated event to go play that event. But we have an elevated event, then that, then we have a major where everyone's going to be playing coming out of the major. We have colonial, another tournament, another Texas tournament. So most of the Texas guys are going to play, but even last year wasn't you know any sort of special event. We got a really great field it burns over Scotty in the playoffs. So I think we're going to see you know, at least four or five of the decent players go play that week. And then we have another elevated event with Memorial. Then it's the week before a major again with the Canadian open. And we know that RBC has some pull and there's going to be guys playing at your course in Canada that week. And then we go to the U.S. Open, and then it's another elevated event at the Travelers the next week. Like, guys are just going to start picking and choosing which ones they don't want to play. And they're going to be like, hey, it cost me $3 million. Whatever. Whatever. And you've already seen it, Pat. Like a Scotty Scheffler, who will certainly be playing the Byron Nelson because of reasons that are important to him, be it close to home. John Rahm, as we almost discussed at Christmas, Pat, um, maybe when it came up when you could like rebet him to win the tournament or whatever, going through that sort of odd stuff, it was like, yeah, but it really seems like he is um enjoying how do you put it? Like his I don't want like it's not Spain, but this it, it, like international it's a glo- it's more of a global ambassador role for Spanish speaking countries. Like it means a lot to him being the best Spanish speaking player in the world right now, not even close, that he's going to go to Mexico, obviously not Spain, but to be you know, such a large Spanish speaking presence in a Spanish speaking country, that means a lot to him to grow the game there. Yeah, so you know, he picks that one and they adore him and I'm sure his wife loves, you know, being put up you know, to the moon up in Porto Vallarta uh, there for a few days. So it's an easy decision for him. Rory misses the heritage. Guess what? A lot of guys couldn't skip the heritage because they were golf sad. Rory McIlroy could. It is a cavil. It's like a fountain of these things. And the money is just so good. They can afford to take a few off. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see how they alter that going they, we'll see how they alter that going forward. But that, that is clearly, as we're essentially hitting the PGA at the halfway point, that is maybe one of the bigger like side storylines for golf right now, is this elevated schedule seems to have created a lot of fatigue. And I know this is like a live-bought speak at the moment in some ways, and I don't even agree with it. But it's... it's um, Listen, I don't think going to Adelaide and Singapore is great prep the week before a major, but nor did I think that, like, that shit farm they played in Orlando was good prep for the week before the major. So I have no clue, but it does seem like there's a level of fatigue seems like such a soft word to use for golfers. But for some of them, yeah, seems like because there's too many of these elevated events. Well, it's just the compression of them. Like, having them a week after a major doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. At least 
at least space them out a little bit. I, I know we got what was the first one that we got? Was it Riv? Well, it was Century. If well, you want, well, yeah, actual. yeah. So we got we got Century in the first week, and then we didn't get another one until Riv. Maybe jam one in between there. Maybe make Pebble one. Maybe make Farmers one. Something like that. Like it makes more sense to me to put them at the beginning of the year rather than in the midpoint of the year because we have majors every month now. Yeah. Put them in the months so, when we don't have majors. <laughs> okay. And again, this seems like it was spaghetti throwing at a wall. Let's see how it works. We can change these sort of things on the fly. We can tinker with the schedule. I think in theory, the best players in the world like in theory, the concept of going the week after the major because they essentially try to like get the, they all try to peak for a major. So I guess they thought, well, if I'm trying to peak for the major, let's like just roll that over another huge money event in a, in a segment of a calendar where I'm already trying to be at my absolute, like tuning up to be at my absolute best for this little segment. So I think in theory, they're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense throughout the week after. We'll see in practice how we like that um, through a year of majors followed by elevated events. All right. I hit Fitzpatrick. I was happy with that one. I, I saw that. Uh, congratulations. You got the winner. Doing well now. You got Taylor Moore. You got Jordan. Or you got Matt yeah, a couple. Got to get off the li- Yeah, just a little nibbles. Little nibbles as opposed to that start of the season, which was um, disastrous. Not- yeah, so let's try to. Get on a heater here throughout the summer. This is usually the time of year when we start doing a little bit. People are getting hot. Friends of ours are getting hot, and good for them. Good for them. There we go. Are they betting Taylor Gooch? Is that why? I'm not sure. No, but there were just a lot of like like uh, people smart enough to roll Rom and DeFitz and uh, other things. So, yeah, good times. So, did you watch any of the Live Adelaide event? Because I was away, but I started seeing Twitter clips of it, and I, I went and watched some YouTube vids of it. That looked like a fucking awesome event looked fantastic and that was honestly the people of adelaide the people of australia giving a middle fucking double bird to the pga who's taken a big steaming dump on them i get it's far away but the pga tour took a dump on them and these are bring these great players into our backyard we're gonna freaking support it obviously like you know when wrestling came to to canada uh, we would load that place for, for that, the hearts. That that is you a know, like, that is a really good comp, actually. Because I remember like just during, even during the peak of like Attitude Era that they came to Halifax. No, Brett was a bad guy. We no, were no, making I, fun I, of USA. I'm I'm even like, thinking about like past that because they they sold out Halifax during that run, like in the the summer before the Montreal Screwjob. But they used to come to Halifax before they would go overseas because it's you know, the closest point that you could still have a show and then uh, get back overseas. So they held a yeah. Ron Smackdown on back to back nights, like double sellout because. Just we didn't get that many big events that like, hey, this is fucking awesome. Like we're used to getting house shows. Now we get a Raw and a SmackDown. I think they brought UFC here once too, like a UFC Halifax. And I think it sold out like instantly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that would be a criticism I'd have of the early live schedule. Orlando, Arizona. Listen, I get that there aren't many places you can play in North America around the beginning of the year. But they're just putting events in places that get so much golf anyway that almost when they went to Portland, despite a little, you know, there's a whole liberal that was like highly at the beginning and some controversy with with, um, you know, the people of Portland. But it's those types of markets like go to markets that 
that golf, the PGA Tour has abandoned, and you will be embraced. You will be embraced. People want to see elite-level golfers in person. I agree. Like going, I actually thought that at the beginning of August, they're playing Greenbrier, uh, which is, you know, famously a we had the big hill on the green but it's also a fun venue to go to i'm pretty sure they're going to the Greenbrier because like bubba and phil are on live tour now they love going to green yeah yeah and that, that's a spot where they know they can get people neiman. to come out <laughs> yeah i mean we did hit neiman there that was neiman's first win only win i think at this point but no no nope, he, no he, riviera he won baby won that's right mm. he dominated at riviera you hit him i, I had more who came in second that was no fun but that's a good venue going to West Virginia because you know the PGA Tour is not going to West Virginia, especially at that time during the year. It was always sort of a, a relegated event that now on live makes a lot of sense. I am just just the success of Australia. I'm sh- kind of surprised they didn't do more Australian events that there isn't two Australian events. Just to look at the amount of American events that they have feels like it's too many. And I know that they have to come back here because that's where the majors are going to be. And they want their guys to play in the majors. That makes a lot of sense. But like, I don't think that we need as many as there is like put one in South Africa. Like I, they're dying to see all these guys come and play. I totally agree, Pat. If they went to Western Canada, I think it'd be supported. I, I think yeah, it'd be supported Cal- if they go went to, anywhere in go, Canada. Go to Cal. I don't know about anywhere, but like go to Calgary, you're getting people to show up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, even in your backyard on some of those beautiful courses with a smaller field might make a little sense. I yeah, don't know that they'd be welcomed. There's no, but, um, it's, it's not that they wouldn't be welcomed. It's just there's no infrastructure at the courses around here to actually get people there. Like, I, I mean, because Tim always says, why don't they just come play Cabot? It's like, yeah, Cabot would be awesome. I mean, Cabot's also incredibly easy, unless it's like 50 mile per hour wins, which it normally is. But if you get Cabot on a bad day, like they, I, the last time I was there, a caddy was telling me that Adam Scott had come to play in between like the Open Championship and the Canadian Open. That's where he did his practice round. And it was like no wind throughout the course of the day. And Adam Scott like drove seven of the greens. <laughs> Shot like 50 or something. Yeah. Like if there's no win, like that's the only, it's sort of like, I mean, it's just, that course is great because the views are amazing. Like it's just the scenery of the course. It's fucking incredible, but it's also three hours, three and a half hours from the closest airport. And there's no hotels. (laughs) I don't know where the players are going to stay, let alone people who want to go see the event. Um, Yeah. So I guess that in many ways that, that Australian event, like is what live, wants to be right they'd say we're a global tour people in north america can laugh at the tv deals or or what have you and and all that or it's lack of accessibility in some regards but they are trying to be this global tour they should just keep going to these golf starved golf mad but golf starved from a pro level exhibition i I don't even mean exhibition because lives in exhibition that's a whole other debate I mean, just to be able to see these guys in in person, um, that's great. And I'd say from a takeaway from Liv, one of the main things from the season is their best players haven't really – well, I shouldn't say that. Brooks has played well, but, like, Cam and, and DJ haven't played great. Cam at the Masters, like, almost acknowledged he, he's like, been, he's been partying. partying. He's been yeah, partying He enjoyed – he deserved, <laughs> He had an incredible year. He got paid up front. He enjoyed it and he did not like warm up, prepare for a season like he normally should have, would have. I think that's a new normal they'll get comfortable with um, probably in preparing for seasons that I don't think we'll see in the future. But it's obviously happened 
um, this year. It must be a money deal going to Singapore. But I was surprised that there wasn't a Korean event or a Japanese event. Just with, I mean, they have like an all-Asian team, and none of them are from Singapore. You think you'd want to go to where you have the players. So I found that was kind of strange, too. But the rowdiness of the Australian galleries, I think, is what they want for these events. That makes it... Think about how fired up we get for Phoenix and how fired up we got at the Canadian Open last year in the penalty box hole, and it was just a bunch of drunks around yelling the entire time. But it created that electric atmosphere, and that's what it felt like Australia had. So I'd be trying to hit up like more of those places where people are going to be loud and boisterous. That seems and like a lot South of fun. And I think South Africa could do... Like, I yeah, agree. As you mentioned, and I mean, they have the cliques. Like, how could they not be <laughs> wanting... Um, wanting to be there i didn't it was on tape delay here and i saw a lot of people in the you know complaining that their like cws weren't showing it live oh okay the same people that were complaining that cw wasn't sharing or showing it live are the same people who are not fucking watching anyway so what does it matter yeah i don't i don't i don't really um i don't really know but it's on here it's just on tape delay it's on sunday afternoon like when People are the golf demo is home watching golf. That's when it's on TV, even if it's airing differently, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. Like it's if you do have this TV deal and it's on tape delay and it happened this morning, like, what are you gonna do? Put it on live at 3 a.m.? Like no one watches it anyway. You think people are going to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch a live tour? You're right. Like at least have it on in a window that what they should do is have it on in a window before the PGA tour starts. Yeah, you're probably right. Like when PGA is like doing their goofy golf channel stuff uh, before it goes to CBS or NBC, that's when Liv should put on their stuff if it's on tape delay and not live. But anyway, that's me. I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the pat mayo experience which i very much encourage you to do eating better is just easy with factors delicious ready to eat meals mainly because well yes they are very tasty but it's the time that they save you do you say you never have time to work out well if you're someone that preps all your food at home that means you need to drive to the store you need to walk through it make a list get your groceries bring them home store them unpack them get the reusable bags out of the way then you actually have to make the meal we're talking like two hours per meal on that and listen I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do do you want to do calorie smart do you want to do keto i'm personally trying to bulk up right now so i'm doing the protein plus to make sure that i hit my levels every single time i go through i pick what i want it shows up i never have to think about what i'm going to eat for three meals a day four meals a day whatever it might be for like three weeks it's fantastic so i highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo 50 and use code mayo 50 to get 50% off. That's code MAYO50 at factormeals.com slash MAYO50 to get 50% off.
The Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits come from, where sales are coming from. Then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot for a very low cost. And it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Wells Fargo Championship. We're back at Quail Hollow after TPC Potomac hosted this event last year. Max Homa won at TPC Potomac. He's also won at Quail Hollow. He won that three years ago. Rory McIlroy won in between. Rory's won this event three times. It's long, 7,500 yards. It's over that, par 71, $20 million in the purse. So a big week in the one and done once again. Uh, you know, If you hit Finau in Mexico, that's great. He could come third at this event and win more money than he just won by winning. So, you know, keep your strategy lines open that way when it comes down to the one and done. But no Scotty, no Rom. So one and two taking a pass on an elevated event. No Hoagie, uh, no Justin Rose, no Billy Horschel. So we're seeing more of the guys that are qualified for these tournaments go back. 156 players in the field. I'd love to see that. Uh, completely full field. Hopefully they can, you know, not have suspended rounds actually get it in now the days are a little bit longer that would be nice to see top 65 and ties make the cut but a reminder to people out there and i brought this up in the research show jeff that the i forget what they call it um not the tracking but the whole order at the president's cup is not the same as it is for this tournament the routing the routing is what it's called yes yeah Yeah. so Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make I mean, I think what most golf fans that like would care about that, I think are familiar enough with Quail Hollow anyway. Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make that like they won't be surprised. But you're right. They did move the green mild. So it was like totally involved, I think, in the middle of matches, I recall, or something. Yeah. So it wouldn't be, oh, this guy's up four. We're not going to see the three hardest holes on the course because three of the four hardest holes are 16, 17, and 18. That featured hole number 17 is absolutely tremendous. That long par three. And every time we go here and I'll retweet it today or I'll find the tweet or just tweet it again, the TNT intro for the 2017 PGA championship here with with Ric Flair. So good. Oh my God. I still get like, 
golf goosebumps. And it's just so funny also to see like who the stars were then as he's like hyping them up. But oh, the best, the best. YouTube it now or find it on my Twitter feed by the time you're actually watching this. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's evergreen. Uh, after the 2016 Wells Fargo Championship, that's one that James Hahn won. Uh, they did do extensive renovations because the PGA Championship was there in 2017. Justin Thomas won, so it's been that course ever since. They dug up all the greens and put in new Bermuda grass on them. It was Tiff Eagle. Now it's like Championship G12 or something like that. I don't know what the fuck the difference is, but apparently it, it, it's meaningful to the course. Better, better grass or something. Let's get to the odds, though. Top of the board, everyone is pretty condensed. Everyone you're going to want to bet is probably sub 25 to 1 right now. So at DraftKingsSportsBook.com, Rory's 8, Cantlay's 12, Finau coming off the win is 14, Xander 16, Homa 18, then you have Morikawa at 20, then boom, 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 boom. Hovland, Fitz, JT, Spieth, all 22 to 1. Day and Sungjae, both 25 to 1 on the betting board. So some of these guys are going to drift, but I told you about a, a different strategy that I'm, I'm going to start taking. I'm going to bet the same amount of money, but I think I just might just every week, just take three of these guys and let it roll. <laughs> well, define three of these guys. Cause you could tell me you're taking Rory and one of them. Well, like Rory's 20- yeah. Okay. I'm not taking Rory. So I, I could see myself going like Cam Young, Spieth and Victor, something like that. And Done. Those, those are Done. my three bets. Just yeah, you can even leave Spieth out for me. Just uh, like see, two of them. I, I see. I like Sungjae as well. But the more I look at man, do you know that the run Spieth is on right now? Yeah, he's incredible. So here, here and is, I would here argue are, here are his results: second, fourth, third, nineteenth, fourth, miscut, sixth. And he was don't forget the best performer at the president. He was five and zero oh at the President's Cup at this course last year. Add another guy to a very short list that I will now consider because you've talked me into it. But yeah, you pretty much named the three that I thought I probably picked two from in Vic, uh, Cam Young, who I bet out of the gate this morning at 25. And that's sheerly just to protect my big PGA championship future. Um, so yeah, Vic, Cam Young, Sungjae, those were the guys I was thinking. I would like to see, I'm a loser who like wants to see Rory's press conference. Um but he's he's played horrible at the Masters, miscut, and come here and won before. And I would argue, Pat, um, you mentioned how everything is condensed. It's almost like we're playing a 15-man tournament of champions here with some of these odds. Relative to how golf odds have been priced, I would argue Rory is fair might be like in quotation marks, but I don't think like... Yeah, maybe fair to a certain to a certain extent um, that Rory one seems a bit fair, as does what we've been getting in golf the last month. I'm not betting it or the last two months, but like Homa at 1820 seems fair based on what his odds have been in like full field elevated. Um, But yeah, there's not a lot. Our knees have been cut out from under us, and I'm most upset. And the guys that can't even win have shitty odds too. So yeah, that's no, that's I don't no, know what that's no fun. Looking at it for me, when I did the research, like Victor kind of leaps off the page in terms of the courses he plays well at, what his skill set is, what this course demands. Uh, he's long and straight off the tee. Like there's a very long course you're gonna. There's a reason that uh, back in the day we almost won a 500 to one bet on Andrew Loop to win this event. Uh, Derek Ernst won this event. Now, granted, those were with the different greens, but these are unique green complexes that 
seem to be either you can putt really well on them or you have no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, and it, there's really no rhyme or reason to it because we've seen J.B. Holmes do you know wonders on some of these greens, just like we have at Riviera in some different years. But I, I would say the collection of Riviera, Torrey Pines, and this course all kind of go hand in hand. And we've seen so many different crossover type winners or leaderboards at those three courses that you know, I'm really going to dig my heels in on this. Like, you know, when J.B. Holmes can win at Riv and win here, there's something to that. When James Hahn can win at Riv and win here, there's there's got to be something to it. We have Homa who's won at both. Day and Homa have both won at Torrey and here at the same time. And I, It's not like Rory's been bad at those other courses. It's not like Justin Thomas has been bad at those other courses as well, which is a long way of me saying that Vic has played well at all of these courses. He's played here once. He came in third place two years ago. The other one I'd be looking at, because it's me, i got to bring him up, like Morikawa's ball striking is still excellent. If you can just figure out these greens, you should be good. But, you know, that's a 10% wager that you're going on there. Yeah, that's another one. Um, I guess I've been thinking about all these guys in this range. And I'm not someone that's bet Morikawa or been chasing Morikawa. I've like kind of like been like a cat here trying to find the moment to get on um, Morikawa. Because I like people that have like back him regularly are obviously getting really frustrated um, or annoyed or have bailed. Uh, I thought this might be a good spot to maybe uh, blindly jump on him. Uh, I, I, just an I, odds I, board that seems so disgusting. Like the 2022s on Morikawa seem like, eh, that doesn't seem horrible. The driving was much better at Heritage, but again, that's a much shorter course. I might be just, I might pass on him this week and see if he can perform pretty well. Like a, a top 20, top 15, top 10, which he's really been doing. Uh, he was 31st the Heritage because he couldn't chip and couldn't putt because that's what happens to him. But I do think the PGA Championship really should be a good course for him based I don't know. I From what I can see that not much of the course has changed a lot that shorter hitters, I wouldn't say have an advantage at Oak Hill, but they do seem to be more alive than they are at different major championships that we've seen. Like the U.S. Open, it's just hard for shorter. And it's not like he's Brennan Todd off the tee here. Like he still he drives it decently, just like Sungjae drives it decently. But where he hits his fairways, hits his irons, like we saw Duffner and Furyk and those guys in 2013 turn up at the top of the leaderboard that, you know, Morikawa is sort of like the newer, better version of those guys in terms of his distance. That's all very fair. I would think the people sort of close to it, Pat, think the golf course is like soaked it's just been a really wet wet season it is snowed late i mean it is keeps raining um so it's gonna be a wet 7400 yard par 70 but hey phil won at, at whatever that yardage was at kiowa which i still think was a freaking eight, eight Truman show moment but yeah something something stupid so maybe there's something to it speaking of like chasing a guy there's 22s on Justin Thomas. See, you um, you bring that he, up. Uh, he hasn't gained uh, strokes putting in, in a month or maybe longer. I bring it up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Paul was Paul brought him up before the show too. Like just you can I think you can find him as deep as 25 in some places, and the TD Green has been awesome. Obviously, he missed the cut at the Masters. That seemed kind of shitty for him. Uh, being out in the morning, having to finish his round, and then being on uh, just anyway, anyone who watched it knows what was going on there. But does he win once in his next 25 tournaments? You'd have to say yes, right? Yeah, he does. And I, I would argue like what I sort of said with Morikawa, if you haven't been someone like chasing Justin Thomas or like, oh my God, auto Justin, he's 25 is, 
you know, some numbers have gotten bigger in some of these big events. Maybe now feels like the the perfect time, Pat. I mean, only once in the last, it's hard to quantify the Masters, but essentially all year, he's guaranteed to gain you six strokes tee to green. Like, that doesn't change. And there's the potential for that six to actually be closer to, like, nine or ten. That's how dominant he can be. Um, so it is there, and I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really think of him before we recorded, but now that we've sort of talked through it and I'm disgusted at so many odds, maybe this one might might be a side saddle for me. So I, it, I it's it's difficult to look at. So he's played this course five times, four times in the Wells Fargo iteration, but only twice since it got renovated for the PGA Championship, which he won at this course. He's gained uh, an average of six strokes tee to green both those times, has gained off the tee, on approach, around the greens every time, has not gained anything putting. He's lost in both those events. At the PGA Championship, though, gained seven and a half strokes putting. The 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 levees are going to break for his putting at some point, and you're going to want to be there when it happens because the rest of his game is so close. So realistically shortlist, I know we glossed over Finau and Cantlay and Rory and uh, Xander. Like, I'm not betting those guys. Are you betting any of those guys? No, but if Xander drifted to 20... Um, really? So if I, I, don't, I if I told no. you that Cam Young no, was I'm not, 20... I'm not, I'm told, not betting if I, Xander. If I told you that Cam Young was 20 and Xander was 20, you're still going to bet Cam Young anyway. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not betting Xander. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I've disrespectfully glossed over them. I'm just, um, I don't know. I wish Scotty and Rom were here. Just like, I wish my guys were like 35 and not 18 and 20. <laughs> so I've tried to make like sort of a power ranking of how I want to bet this. I'm not sure what I want to do yet because I maybe I do want to wait for some drift on some guys to see if speed drops from 22 to 28 or something like that. That would give me more incentive to bet him, all things being equal, than if Morikawa is at 20 or 18 by the time Wednesday comes along. It's like, all right, I'll take the guy with 10 more points who I think has a basically equivalent chance of winning. Like It doesn't really matter to me. I want to try to get the best number on that. But Vic, for sure, I am betting. I already have that one in at uh, 24. Four to one, I think it is. I'll have to go look at it it's on some weird site. Where's that? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you. Later. I, I don't know. I'll tell you later. It's at a crummy site that I don't think you have access to anymore. Okay, so yeah, yeah. But now I have this like second tier of guys: Sung Jay, Spieth, and Cam Young. Although the more we've talked about it, kind of digging JT a little bit, and I, I think it's kind of crazy to overlook Homa in this situation at a course where he's already won, and. You know, the shine seems to be off a little bit because you know Florida didn't go great for him, but it wasn't bad at the same time. The Masters didn't go great for him, but it wasn't you know, a complete disaster. It's just funny that he's still lingering around 20 to 1. I, I think I would prefer JT, but I, I don't want to just you know throw him into that mix because you know he's at that 20 or 1 and above mark. Like, it's a pretty good number. Yeah, I think I might. Uh, you you mentioned the exercise. I think you should probably like power rank those six guys for you. Okay, so Vic is number one because I've already bet him, so he needs to be number one. I I didn't have the intention of coming in with this like Spieth take, but the more I looked at it, the better it started seeming. And I think we're gonna get the best odds on Spieth of all these guys. I'm I had kind of convinced myself it was gonna be Vic, Sungjae, and Cam Young. After I did the research show, that's where I really wanted to land. But the more we've talked about it, I think it's going to be Vic, Spieth, and JT. Yeah. I'm more, uh, I might be more inclined on that Vic, JT, Cam, Cam Young 
maybe that's where I'll go to. Like, I, I do want to have, like, driving distance above all here. You can do it being a shorter hitter, and we just, just saw Spieth do it at this course. And it's not like and it's not like his distance is, like, down. It's actually quite up uh, as of right now. Same as JT. His distance is up, too. But the fairways are a bit eh, trickier for them at the moment. There's very thick rough here. We saw Rory having to take the drop on the 72nd hole last year. That maybe just having that distance of Cam Young is going to be such a valuable factor. I as I've I bet Cam Young, I bet it at 25. I'm protecting my big future for next for his next start. I mean that I like blindly had to do that. And I'm not this Cam Young truther guy i've kind of been waiting i kind of like mocked at how low the numbers were i i certainly didn't bet him at match play but uh i have my pga championship future and this seems like like going into the year if you do call the cam young win it's probably wells fargo even for the cam young like super fans who thought the win should happen like two months ago already for wells sure. fargo for sure 30 to 100 the only one i really want to talk about i guess you can talk about jason day a little bit or did he withdraw already no no he has not withdrawn he's a part of that he opened at a 30 i didn't bet it but that just screamed like okay that like in an odds board that looked disgusting i was like oh that actually seemed pretty fair is it i don't know but relative to what i'm seeing relative to what his numbers were in big events surrounded by these guys and some better yeah I would argue that that was um, I, I, someone else uh, of these num- up, uh, of these numbers. I think Burns 35 is the best number. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get That's there, ex- though, because I want the slightly better players. I'm not just reading your mail to make it easy. I don't even know how there could be an argument in this range Like the Sam Burns 30 33s aren't the truest, fairest um, number in that range. And I'm not even calling it in like fair relative to other gambling. I'm calling it fair relative to this clusterfuck. Well, what do you think is a more fair number? Burns at 35 or Ricky at 35? I tweeted whoever's posting these 35s should go, should be charged with um, predatory pricing. I don't know if that's a thing. Can't. You might know what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk to an audience of one who's not even listening or people in Toronto. But you all have your local guy. Here for me is Global News, Sean O'Shea. You know, the guy knocking on the um, the auto shop's window or the movers, those those crusty movers that still got your shit in a truck and are now charging you an extra two grand to get just get your shit back and not even move it. I got to get Sean O'Shea knocking on some regulators' doors. This Ricky Fowler price is predatory. In a system full of predatory pricing. An airline would treat you better. I don't know about that. I've got some airline takes that I'm saving for the moment, but. Oh, good. Yeah. Save them for cuss. That sucks. If you had a bad airline. um, Oh, no. Bad airline experience. It just, just, I, I. Has to do not necessarily with the size of the seats, but the size of the people in the seats. And some people need to maybe buy two seats because it's not. Oh, fair. for it's, sure. It's not, it's not fair to me when half my seat is taken up. Also, Pat, there should be like a signed space in the overhead. 
Like, I, I, I'm just a normal guy. I have my normal things. I'm totally in line. And now you're making me go through the system when you're not in the first class that it's this war. And I'm one of these guys that's like, I board the plane like at the end, you psychopaths. Oh, I have Stand. to. Well, I, I have to board at the beginning now. I, mean, I used to be like you, but I need to get one of those spots because I only travel with carry on. Yeah, so now you got to do it, but it should be assigned. I don't know, like your seat, you should have an exact amount of space. I don't know what it is, or maybe I hate that the airlines charge for it, but the way they're treating the overhead shit, they might need to like charge you now if yeah. you want to oh, use I, it. I, I will pay for the overhead. That's yeah, fine. you just don't want to check a bag and wait at the luggage carousel or have yes. your shit go missing. Like there's a hundred reasons why you would pay a couple bucks. Um for your assigned spot or every seat should have an assigned area that is theirs. That is theirs. I don't, I don't, um, yeah, but, um, it has, it has nothing to do with the finances of checking a bag. I just don't want to check a bag and have it lost somewhere in transit. I just want to keep my bag with me and charge me whatever it costs to check a bag to put it in the overhead bin. That's fine. But I just, I find like if you're not traveling during like high season, then you're pretty much like I've never gotten screwed at it. Like not in. Like, I I haven't checked a bag in 15 years, so I don't know. <laughs> but have you flown with your kids yet? Uh, yes, but we didn't check anything. Like they'll actually. That's not true. When I moved, I checked bags. That was it, because we had a lot of stuff. But even traveling with the kids, like I bring like. I just went on vacation for 13 days and I had half of a suitcase. My wife had her entire carry-on and half of my carry-on. Like, you know, I can do laundry on the trip. It's not that big of a deal. I don't need a new yeah, outfit I, for every day. Like, I can wear it and then wash it. Not a big deal. Better than waiting at the yeah. airport and waiting for my bag that may or may not come. Also, probably a more productive conversation than talking about golfers who can't win at bad prices. I bet Gary Woodland at 90 to 1. Okay, um, someone else messaged me about that bet this morning. Wasn't you? Was it Baroff? Um, it was Baroff. Of course, he's he, he, bets, he bets Gary every week. Yeah. But he, like, in, he's also just... I might have some, like, insane Gary PGA Championship future, so he, he was just warning me to protect it. Okay, um, I, I guess so. I mean, I if he can figure out a putter... He's live here. He's come fifth at this course. He's come fourth at this course. I talked about Torrey Pines and Riv. He put a charge into Riv this year. He almost got there. We've seen him play well at Torrey Pines in the past. We've seen him play well here. And even last week in Mexico, the ball striking was fucking amazing. Dude lost over seven strokes putting. That's going to happen with Gary, obviously. We know that. That feels normal, though, now. Yeah, the ball striking is back. So if he can just putt a little bit, we've seen him do it. We've seen him win a major. Why not? Yeah, he did gain four strokes at the Heritage, which made a lot of people, including myself, bet him in Mexico. Sure, um, but he, I mean, put it this way. When you're gaining four strokes putting at the Heritage, you also have to look at that number next to it. He lost five around the greens. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Fair enough. Uh, it's all relative. Um, context is king with that. You're obviously playing this with placings, right? Oh, yeah. Top, top five <laughs> okay. placings. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, like, I, that was a I, dumb I, question. I, I, I want, I want to be there for the ninety. If he gets it, that would be great. And like I said, I want to stick to like three of the guys at the top. So this is the only one down the board. The only other one that I considered was Keegan at sixty. I think that's a good number for Keegan, who's listen. Okay. He's not on the greatest run right now. And by my numbers, like short term numbers, the best 
four players in this field are Finau, Woodland, Hovland, and Cam Young, based on the stats that I was looking at. Now that they've updated on Fantasy National for the Mexico Open, but uh, just distance, accuracy, long irons, no putting involved in any of this. You put putting into this, and all of a sudden we're not doing so well with Gary. But everything else kind of checks out a little bit, and around the green doesn't seem to mean as much to the top five, to the top ten here, because the best short game that you can have here is just leave yourself with a 40-foot putt. Or just hit greens and regulation, and yeah. you are good to go. So I agree, and that also uh, has to have me ask, like, Keegan is 60, which I guess that is um, fair, makes sense. What doesn't make sense as someone that sometimes just has to donate to one day get all of his money back, um, why is Fleetwood 40? Like, what the fuck is that? Well, there's a few of them. Like, here's what I don't understand about the Keegan number. And maybe it's relative value based on what we've seen. He had a bad heritage, whatever. But he's had some, like, spike finishes so far. He was second at the Farmers. He's played really well at the Farmers. Has not played great at this course, but these are the type of longer tracks. It's almost like uh, I saw you in a Twitter exchange with Live Guys that could win the PGA Championship where... Patrick Reed is sort of like a reverse corollary at long tracks for long, hard courses for whatever reason. Despite the fact that he's not a bomber, he plays them really, really well. And Keegan's, he's not a bomber anymore. Like he's slightly above average in terms of distance, slightly below, but he hits a ton of fairways. But those long irons are absolutely lights out. So I think he can handle this course no problem. And then when I go look at the betting board, like we mentioned, like the Ricky number, like you said, it's predatory at 35 to 1. Not that I even dislike Ricky. He's a former champion. He's playing some good golf, but he should be 60 to 1. Keegan, who has won tournaments, won a playoff event. He won in Japan. He's been lingering around leaderboards. We've seen him play with the upper echelon. He's not a guy who was like in danger of losing his tour card last year. Why he's like double the odds of Ricky or Thagala or, I mean, even Tom Kim at this point. Corey Connors Lowry I the underlying numbers for Lowry are always going to be good he could most definitely win here but I would throw Lowry and Keegan into the kind of the same bucket and I just don't get why they're so down the board I guess I don't know they're na- like Tom Kim Fowler Fleetwood they're like popular names yeah like people like them Sahith right is kind of joining that not to I mean Sahith is so young he doesn't and Tom Kim they don't they're still full time for ceiling golf. Um, but yeah, I guess this is like there's like a pocket of popular players and then it goes to Brian Harmon. Yes. And and Wyndham Clark. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what to um, make of that. Although Wyndham is I mean, the number I'm not be- I'm not betting Wyndham Wyndham Clark, nor was I one of the people betting him at 18 to one last week. I have my own losers. <laughs> I can't make fun of your losers because I'm making my own. But um he's actually like when you stare down the numbers like holy shit he's playing well sure but uh, wouldn't you just rather like Corey connor's and then he won but it wasn't elevated wouldn't you just rather bet kurt kittyama for double the number of wyndham clark sure i i mean i there's probably a couple guys back there oh no not really you could could bet the better player for double the odds who's actually won one of these elevated events yeah that that's yeah it's a Good point. What is Kitty? What number? I know I made the double than than uh, Wyndham's odds, but what exactly are you seeing on Kitty Emma? Uh, I see DraftKings has a hundred and ten to one right That's now. I think I, I think there are some deeper ones than that even, but I, I'm not gonna go that low. Like we'll, we'll talk about the hundred to one range. 
because you can make a case for a lot of these guys, and we've seen weirdo winners. Like, I mean, Ernst and Hahn really kind of leap out. But since the redesign, like the biggest, oh, I got a weirdo Pat. The, the biggest out of nowhere winner that we've seen at this course is Homa, and it turned out that Homa was actually pretty good. Uh, the only one that I like is Sam Stevens, but I don't like his number. I'll probably play him top ten. It's a good point. That Homa win, like now in the context of past winners, he's not in that category. You put him in, like, oh yeah, great player, great. Wait, like uh he makes sense yeah but at, 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 the, at the time it didn't seem like it was gonna like like what the hell is this he just putted the lights out that week and i think he won by two or whatever two or three or four or something by the end of it but you know in the context of us seeing it now it's like oh yeah that makes a ton of sense yeah it does there's one player i actually do want to go backwards on here um who we didn't talk about and he's he's classified with the popular players um like about a month ago, Hatton was like all the rage. And then, well, just like he was top 20 in all uh, like a ra- um, approach, putting and driving, I think. And that was very fancy. And now we a bit of. Um, yeah, since that second at the players and he missed the cut at the Valero, 34th at the Masters, 19th at the Heritage. Just saying, I'm seeing as high as 40 to one relative to what he goes off at in big events. Do you, do you like him here? Well, no, because he's a well. He seems to have lost his approach. That's not good. And I don't know how to quantify like that. He lost it, but it's only been a couple of weeks. But he was uh, in fuego between the Arnold Palmer and uh, I think the players. So yeah, that but... shot on eighteen. I'll bet him all years just thinking about that shot on eighteen. Yeah, at it... the players for his second place. Sure, he had back to back second place finishes between Bay Hill and, and the players in back to back weeks, and he hasn't been the same since. I mean, he could win here, obviously, but I, like I said, Woodland down the board for me. I, Keith Mitchell, I gave a big look to. He's played well here. He's like the, the, you know, we're back on Bermuda. He absolutely bombs it. He played well at Riv earlier this year too. Like I could see Keith Mitchell for sure. I just think Woodland's in slightly better form at the moment. Um, although the putter probably advantage rest with keith mitchell but you're getting 30 more points on woodland but the 100 to 1 range plus like i said i I like stevens uh i'm kind of late to the stevens train but i broke this down in the research and in my article as well with him is that any course that's been over 7400 yards he hasn't finished worse than 15th so far this year and that was valero both the uh swing events and tory pines anytime you get him on a short course he's like terrible incredible yeah, he seems to be very – I'm late to that party, too, to pretend I was on that one. No, no. Uh, I bet him first-round leader as well at 90-1 to 1 with the – He's with playing the better games. venues these days. And there are a bunch of guys who enjoyed him and playing basements. But, no, I, I, I'm not uh, making no bet there. I'm opening up Keith Mitchell, Pat. Um, and I guess the stats won't won't show it, but it'd be uh, if you got one of his ugly weeks out of the way playing with uh, Sungjae and gas gas canning their chances. Yeah, what event was that? Oh yeah, that was the uh, that the was shitty the team Zurich event. Uh, team event. Not gonna lie, um, it didn't didn't catch much of the Zurich. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. It I, was we, a well. My, my friends and I. You bought... planned your vacation in the same way Live Golf plans its schedule. Like we're gonna take on the shittiest event. Of course, yeah. The the two weeks after the Masters is a good time to go. Although my friends and I, we rented a cabana at the pool with a TV in it, so we could watch the final round of Heritage. So that was nice. Yeah, that's okay. Nice to. Uh... I have an alarm. Um, that was nice to spoil yourself. 
Can I name a guy uh, north of 100? I mean, this is why we do the show. Go ahead. Patrick Rogers. Okay. Bo no. Hostler. Nope. Uh, let me see if I can continue to guess here. Who's some other like random loser that you like? Um, Someone else who were who you have on off and loves him. Tambo. No. Well, used to when you like rotated a uh, one of your like regulars. This is a a it, super it, fan of is this it, player. Is it Jeff Ulrich with Joseph Bramlett? No. All right, just tell me. It's Ben Raza. Is it Ben Martin? No. Just tell me this the game's going name. poorly. Just, just tell me the name. Okay. Well, as we saw last year, this man found a little form and like ran it into some really a run of like outstanding golf. No wins. Winning still feels impossible. Don't throw up in your mouth too much. But we're hitting the form again, Pat. And it's Grillo. Oh, God. He had a good heritage in Mexico. Now, all of a sudden, Grillo's back. I don't know. Maybe. But if you look at when he was good, um, like, late in the summer, he just, like, there was a, a, a run of some really nice finishes. Now, they weren't elevated. This is elevated. Um, again, this is maybe a roundabout way of saying, Pat, next week, you can book me in as long as we're taking this forward for Grillo at 33 to 1. Okay, oh. I, I can get on that. I, I can get behind him. In a, and he, listen, he's had success at this course, too, because he is almost sort of the prototype of the shorter hitter that can have a lot of success here. Like, Griot's sort of like the worst version of Answer and Connors, both guys that should, although not having a lot of distance, gain so many strokes off the tee, almost like old-school Molinari, back when Molinari was good, that they're going to hit a ton of fairways. And even though their lack of distance keeps them back in the driving distance category, their strokes gained off the tee are going to be really high. And you've seen that with Griot over the years too, that when he's driving the ball, well, he gains an incredible amount of strokes off the tee because he's so goddamn accurate. And the irons did come back. He went through a stretch last year. Cause I started betting him during the swing season. He gained strokes on, a, yeah. he gained strokes on the green, like eight weeks in a row. And then to start this year, starting with the CJ cup after a string of like five top tens and five starts, he lost for nine events in a row, culminating at the Arnold Palmer when he lost 10 strokes putting over four rounds. But since, he's gained strokes in four in a row now. Maybe he's just the pure, like, streaky feel putter that maybe he can continue to keep it going. What's his? He has one really good finish here. He has a top 10. He has the last two times they've played at Quail Hollow, 14th and 9th for him. So, and he's never lost strokes putting at this event. I just feel like that's a DraftKings play. That's a top 40 play. I'm not yeah. going to concern myself in the outright betting market, but I'll throw him on the list. I, I like that call along with Sam Stevens. Maybe, you know, uh, a top 40 parlay with those two guys. Yeah. So I guess that's all. Um, there's ways I think to make money on Grillo this week. Obviously the outright win is insane, but there are ways, as you mentioned, other markets, uh, DraftKings, the fun stuff. Why, why isn't Francesco playing the Italian Open this week? It's a good question. He was he was here, so I'm on the broadcast. Hit a long putt yesterday. Um, I guess it's just the timing. Oh no, close to the PGA. I, I don't I don't know. I don't have an answer, but he should be because people... he's on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, we'll see about that. Maybe they'll take Monteo Montesero instead. <laughs> Didn't he make a Ryder Cup team at one point? Because <laughs> the, Molinari, have, the, the yeah. Molinari brothers played together in one of the Ryder Cups. Maybe is Dodo the better Molinari brother now? He won, I think, last year on the European Tour. 
Dodo's 55 to 1 to win the Italian Open. I was just surprised at more of the top Euro players. And I get it's an elevated event. So, like, not your Rory's or your Rom's or your Victor's, but those, like, mid level guys, like, even Rose. I'm surprised that they didn't go over and play, mainly because this is the course where the Ryder Cup is going to be at this year. Yeah. Fair points. So, I would say uh, tune in to Sky and Tom on DP World Tour, picks and bets for a bigger breakdown on the Italian Open Monday night on Mayo Media Network. But yeah, I'll probably just bet Moronk at 25 to 1 and go on my way. In Italy. Yeah, I haven't looked at that at all. Uh, Bobby Max playing well. Yeah, Bobby. I don't know if he's still good. Yeah, he's 20 to 1. Hoygaard Rasmus is 18 to 1. He's the favorite. Nikolai's 20 to 1. So it's Hoygaard. What's Hoygaard. Vic Perez? I saw he was playing. Yeah, he's 22 to 1. Uh, yeah. Rosner's 30. Rosner at one point after the first round last week, I don't know who won, but he was like minus 105 after the first round. I was like, that's fucking incredible. Like, there's no okay. way anyone should ever bet that. Pa- Pablo won. Oh, Blair yeah. Thobble. That's right. And he was, again, Pat, an absolute wizard. His short game is wizardry. I don't know where he it, – now it's, it's his third win in less than a year. I don't know where that has him on, like, world points – but at a really hard, I mean, they're going to have to suck some gas on the back end of the Euro team, and it's wide open. He's but his short sense. game, uh, yeah, I know. It'd be impossible. But his short game is Ryder Cup worthy. And in a match play, maybe. So That's all. I'm looking but back. Yeah, at, it's a huge thing. I'm looking back at the history at this course. Bobby Mack won last year. Nikolai Hoygaard won two years ago. Moronk was second two years ago. Basically, all the guys that you would consider betting are the guys that end up showing up. Do we just have to bet Yannick Paul over and over? That guy just shows up on leaderboards every week. Um, I think our boy like Tom Jacobs is chasing it every week. Yeah, second, second, sixth, 38th. And I think that he was up there before like a disastrous third round last week. Oh, How Tong's in the field? Here we go. Henny Duplessis is back. Where's Thirsty Lawrence? I like that guy. No, he hasn't played this event. He's not playing some great golf at the moment, so I need him to catch some fire before the uh, before everything. Guido hasn't played well at this course either. Interesting stuff. Anyway, quick picks and one and done for us before we get out of here. For me, Vic for sure. And then uh, Spieth, Young, JT. So I've crossed off Sungjae. Spieth, Young, JT, two of those three are going to make my final card. You can check that out in the newsletter and on the show with Tambo on Wednesday, whatever I end up deciding on. I want to wait for some of these odds to smooth themselves out a little bit. And I did bet Gary Woodland 90-1 to with five places. Those are probably going to be my four. I'm probably only going to have four for the week. Uh, you mentioned Griot. I like that in terms of like top 20, top 40, whatever it might be. Ditto with Sam Stevens. I already bet Sam Stevens first round leader at 90 to one. Might throw Griot onto that list too, to try to find a way to be profitable on Griot this week. Uh, Vic 22, Cam Young 25. Those are in the pendings and I'll probably just maybe even add to the stakes. Um, I don't like much. Maybe Justin Thomas, 24. I don't know where else I can go. I, I honestly don't. One and done for the Wells Fargo Championship. I will take Vic de Hovland. Tim is taking Patrick Cantley, which leaves you with a pick, sir. I have your sheet in front of me here, so just make any pick you want, and I'll tell you. Cam Young. Cam Young. Yep, Cam Young works. 
And Pat, before we go, I need to dispel some rumors, some ugly rumors, some ugly rumors. Um, well, firstly, we could argue that my plus 250 to win a putt-putt match has been the best value on the golf boards in months. Okay? <laughs> I forgot about that. But, but okay? Was like, that uh, Victor, uh, Cantley and Xander went off at 3-1. to one. I went off at plus 250 in a putt-putt three ball. Okay? Um, How fun was that? There was some- I had a lot of fun. I had a great, I had a great time. Should Custon, uh, should, should Custon I do it? Yes, it would be interesting. And I, I'll tell you this: I would play, I would play that course, the Hawaiian Rumble, right now versus Scotty Scheffler for my everything I have in this world. With him getting no practice rounds, I'd, I'd take down any of them. Okay, good. To like know. I just say, like you can't just like walk on that thing. Um, and it's as a scene, as a scene, some of these people, um, guys, great people, great, great time. So much fun. Fantastic. I had a blast and Pozzola took it so seriously. He's at the course before me. He's taking notes. He's having like in-depth practice rounds. He's got like notes, bro. Notes, notes. I'm just, I'm just being me having a good time. Took him down. So that felt good. Um, that felt good. But to dispel the rumors, I made I missed a playoff for the cut by one stroke. And I four-putted the 17th. Some people claim that was on purpose because it was on 420. So I could just start drinking and getting high because that's what you did when you were eliminated, I guess. Or, I mean, that's what people thought I would do. Um, although it's not even legal there. It's one of those weird places in the States. That's like South. Um, but no, I didn't four putt so I could start smoking and drinking. That's bullshit. I wanted to make that cut so bad. I believe you. That's all. That's all I got. Putt putt world championship, mini golf world championships, putt putt world championships. What's it called? World putting league. World putting league. Yeah, I'm gonna get it on this. Maybe we'll have to broadcast it on on Mayo Media Network. DraftKings had odds for it. Yeah, and that's good. That's good. Um, I'm not allowed to play it anymore, though. Is that a they had a serious conversation? That you're not allowed to play on DraftKings. You're not allowed to play putt putt anymore. I'm not allowed to like bet on myself. That's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I get it. They like you don't want. Yeah, that's a thing with regulation and things being real. And if you want odds on real sports books. There has to be like integrity waivers. Yes, absolutely. What what would you say if they put us in a two ball, me versus Cust? I mean, it's a it's a mini putt course, so yeah. It's a it, listen. It's a it's a putt putt. I would say Pozzola's practice rounds went too well, where he didn't get enough work on like the four or five footers around the holes. Ah. If that makes any sense, yeah. And that killed him. Well, I like you know I practiced. I played like I practiced and I was familiar with a lot of those three or four footers and the weird breaks that they might have. So that was, um, so next time Pozzola will be literally working the clock on every hole and taking notes. I, I assure you, I assure you his, his, his wake up call was much earlier than mine to get in some game day practice rounds. Also, um, anyhow, you versus cussed. Listen, it's a wild card. No one would have thought I'd beaten Pozzola if you watched how we practiced for three days or two days, you know, but then the lights came on, cameras turned on, and I beat him. 
Paul, you had something to mention? As the person who probably profited the most on Jeff's, thank uh, <laughs> thanks, did. Jeff. Um, caught the top of the market at like plus two seventy five, I believe. I don't know. I'd have to look up the ticket, but uh, that was the top I of the market. Say, I would say, Pat. I've seen you golf. I've seen Tim golf. I see Tim get shook when we go out <laughs> he there. Does get rattled. I would. I would drop like as much as possible on you beating Cust. Like Cust and you, not in that scenario. In that scenario, Tim would absolutely crumble. The My thing is, okay, opinion. so that's a big Tim, point. But, Who's gonna melt? But but Tim Pozzola missed a couple shorties and then he just started to melt. Like he just started to like melt he on just, himself. He just completely unraveled. But the thing is when you play with Tim, Tim will melt and then he'll hit like three straight OB off the tee. Like, that's not gonna happen in, <laughs> in putt putt. No, it can. Oh, really? Well, like it's not likely. Like, but yeah, you can you can um I mean they yeah, you have different balls. I mean you have to play with an official ball. Um Okay. But yeah, you can. All right. Well, hopefully we can get that on the go and I can uh, take on the World Putting League and play Cust one-on-one in some strange state or something like that. Anyway, that will do it. On the Pat Mayo Experience, smash the like. Thank you to Jeff. We'll be back on, well, Tuesday on the Pat Mayo Experience, talking football, golf on Wednesday with Tambo, and then more football on Thursday. So we got a full week jam-packed, back from vacation, ready to hit some winners. I'll have the full card on Wednesday as well. So sub to the newsletter. That's for free down in the description. Join fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off in the Listener's League. Let's fill that as quickly as possible so we can have the maximum amount of rake-free money. That's 100 k in the pot for the PGA Championship. We can't do that unless we fill it this week. So let's start there, okay? Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!